And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What an absolute treat. Feel the hype, spread the hype, etc. Uh, once again, if you're feeling the hype and you're not spreading it, have a look at yourself, okay? Because you are the problem. Uh, it's quite a negative thing to say, really, off the bat, but that's the that that's how it is. You know, that's how it is. If you feel hype, spread it around. You know, you feel you feel love, spread it around. You feel anger, just just bury that deep within, deep within, until it comes out in a crazy ball of rage and everyone you love is left hurt. But if you feel hyped, make sure you spread that around. I think that's the overarching message. Um, but it's episode 62, I believe, which is uh, quite exciting. I can't think of a less relevant number, but we march on, we march on. Uh, once again, this podcast is brought to you by VM Apparel. Beautiful party shirts, VM Apparel. You need you need more confidence. You need more more power, more money. Put on one of these shirts. And let all of that stuff come to you, okay? That's a guarantee. That is a guarantee. The other day, I put on my VM apparel shirt, opened my wallet, 200 bucks in there. I don't know how it got in there. I don't know how... I think when you just... I think sometimes you can just look so good to the point where the universe gets around it. I don't know. I didn't question it. On closer inspection, not my wallet. Weren't, weren't my pants. Separate issue. Separate issue. Did I keep the money? Of course. VM apparel. That's that's your right as a pretty much there's I can't think of many crimes you wouldn't be able to get away with while wearing a VM apparel shirt, alright? Hmm. Well that promo went a bit off the old uh, rails, but look, just wear the shirts. They're good, they're good shirts, but don't commit any crimes in them. I think that's key. I don't want this I don't want to see anyone on the news, oh Billy Darcy told me if I wore a leopard print party shirt I could rob a bank. You've taken it out of context, okay? You've taken it out of context, and I will not be giving any more character witnesses, okay? But, uh, yeah, so VM Apparel on Instagram, they got a brand new website, vmapparel.com.au. Get around that. Get around uh, those beautiful, beautiful shirts just in time for Christmas. Everyone needs a new party shirt for the festival season. And uh, so treat, treat yourself, treat your friends, treat your family. You know, are we on or what? Okay, it's December now. Time to stop fucking around. Let's have a good time. Let's have it yesterday. So that's uh, that's where we're at with that. And uh, the pod has a sponsor. I'm still loving it. I'm still loving it, to be honest. It's great. Um, so what have I been up to? Firstly, I've been, been busy. Been up and down a little bit. I was sideways for a little bit. Then we were up and down again. Here we are. So I've been doing some gigs and... Thursday night, I hosted a gig uh, at the, uh, God damn, it's somewhere, somewhere pretty close to where where I am, but um, again, it was probably the crowd was skewing a bit old, a little bit old for Billy D, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of boomer energy in the room, I'm thinking, oh God, here we go, another, another uphill battle, and hosting as well, you know, you gotta, you gotta get them. If you don't get them as the host, you're pretty much screwing over the first act. Uh, so I was, I had a battle mentality. I thought, no matter what these oldies think, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna game face this and pretend that, you know, it's going well, even if it's not. Luckily, it actually did go pretty well. Uh, threw around some banter, go, you know, got the, 
Got them with the jokes. You do the I do the jokes up top when I'm hosting. Then you go into the crowd work and sort of fuck around a bit. And the crowd work uh, was uh, the crowd work was on. It was good. It was very good. And uh, I was, to be honest, just relieved because I thought if I like if I don't get these oldies, it's going to be a long night. But I got them. So thank thanking myself. Uh, and the first act was actually former Big Brother host Gretel Colleen. So I got to meet Gretel after watching her on the uh, Channel 10 as a child. Big Brother, Big Brother Up Late, which was a, the sister show where they they pretty much... Look, I can't believe they were allowed to show some of that stuff. Erotic. Erotic stuff. Kind of a gateway into pornography was really what it was. But it was a, it was a good show. Good show. Gretel Colleen was the, was the host. We all know. We all loved. You know, she's a... Uh, Bit of a weird cat behind uh, behind the, the camera, I'll say that. She's kind of a got a bit of a weird energy to her, but I didn't mind it. And uh, she's not really a stand-up. She kind of did like a little, like kind of a half-hour sort of a this is my life type thing. I'm not sure what you would call it. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the old stand-up comedy, that's for sure. But she was a lovely lady and uh, a little bit out of touch, I might say, old Gretel. At one point, she asked the crowd, because the Arias were the night before, she said, did anyone go to the Arias last night? And it's like, well, Gretel, it's an industry-only music awards. So unless you see Dean Lewis in the second row of this this pub comedy show, I don't think anyone went to the Arias last night, Gretel. And she was being genuine as well. Like, she waited. She's like, did anyone go to the Arias last night? Because she went. And she literally was, like, looking around the room going, no one? No one went to the Arias? Like, no one went to the Arias, Gretel. Okay? this is a, We're in a suburban pub. All right, Jesus, <laughs> how out of touch. She told some story about, uh, like, one time police in Turkey were going to arrest her, and then they were like, oh, wait, it's it's Big Brother Australia host Gretel Colleen, because apparently Big Brother was big in Turkey. The whole thing was very bizarre, to be honest. Her her act was very, uh, I don't know what it was, but it's just, yeah. Um, I brought her up, I said, uh, I said she's a very experienced performer, and uh, I think she thought I was calling her old, which I wasn't. But she spent like the first two minutes of her uh, of her TED talk up there, fucking ripping into me about that. It was like, oh, Billy did this, and Billy said this, and uh, she also brushed my handshake because I went to bring her on stage. I said, "Welcome to stage, Gretel Clean." You always shake the hand of the MC, but not not Gretel, not Gretel. She also sat in the front row, even though she was performing. It was look, it was very bizarre. It was very bizarre. It like it wasn't bad. I'm, it was just bizarre. Like she was very lovely. Um, and you know, it was like interesting to talk to her and stuff, but it was a very bizarre experience. And, uh, so she's doing a bit of that. The, uh, the sound, the sound girl at this gig, the sound woman, I should say, she was 22. So she's the sound woman, the tech person, uh, the, 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 they, them who was operating the soundboard. Uh, look, probably one of the hottest chicks I've ever seen in my life. Off the record, off the record, but but she was absolutely lovely. And um, so she comes into the green room and I'm talking with Gretel Colleen and uh, she goes, oh, hi guys, I'm the sound, I'm the sound person, etc." And then she explains it all. And then she goes, she goes, oh, can I get a photo? But says it to all of us. But then like, she meant just Gretel. She meant just Gretel. So I go, oh, all good, all good, all good. No stress, you know. And uh, so we had a bit of a laugh at that. At least she did. I, I was quite offended, to be honest. But um, no, no, of course not. Uh, but anyway, this chick's great. We're having a, we're having a good old laugh about it. And, uh, but then I go up on stage, grab the mic out and 
It's like a whisper coming out of this microphone. The sound person has screwed me, but she's so hot and so lovely. I can't, I just, I didn't even care, you know? If some 40-year-old bloke did that, I'm I'm absolutely losing out at him in the break. But, yeah, the, the sound, uh, the first two minutes of the show was me going, should this be higher? And the crowd was like, yeah, we can't hear you at all. And I was like, well, this is, this is an uphill battle, but she's got those beautiful blue eyes, so all is forgiven. But also, you had one job and you fucked it, to be honest. But all good, all good. Uh, so it was, it was a fun gig. It was a really fun gig. And was there any point to this? Um, no, not really. Not really. Spent all night flirting with a sound chick, I thought, but in fact, she's actually in a six year relationship. So happy for her, happy for her. Crushed internally, but happy for her. Um, and it was a really fun show. Mick Meredith headline and he, he just absolutely destroyed. So, so that was great. And, uh, and that was, that was a time. That was an absolute time. Went off on that whole sound chick thing. But yes, that was fun. And it got me a bit more confidence back with the oldies after that rough one I had last weekend, you know? So I think, so now I was like, okay, they're all old, but you know, we, we got them. We got them. And, uh, so then Saturday I went to another music festival and I don't want to speak out of school, uh, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't really fun time. In fact, I don't want to give away what happens. I'm going to tell you right now. So, went to Grapevine Gathering in the Hunter Valley. Wine country. And I famously just got into drinking red wine like two months ago. So, this is fantastic. Like, this is, this is perfect for a young gentleman who's ready to experience all the, all, all the beautiful grapes the Hunter Valley has to offer. I've never been to the Hunter Valley before. So, we fly, we, we go up there. My mate Macca drives and he's just had his car um, registered with his dad. And his, his dad put a specific request in that I not be allowed to drive, which uh, I took personally. And and he said, it's because I'm under the age of... He said, no, not just Billy, but en- anyone under the age of 25 out of your mates. He knows I'm the only bloke who's 24. Everyone else is like 26. So was that a personal attack? Yes, I cannot be more clear. This was a personal attack from my mate Macca's dad. I took it personally. And when I turn 25, I'm going to drive Macca's car straight into his fucking living room. And then we'll see who's who and what's what and who's behind the wheel. Oh, sorry, Mr. McElroy. Well, I'm 25 though, so that's that. Anyway, sorry about your TV and your lounges. Hope this thing passes its next rego, eh? Who had the last laugh when I've destroyed the living room of their family home in the very car he paid to have registered? Yeah, your old pal Bill. That's who. So that'll be... uh, that's that's something exciting coming up in my future. And uh, so we're driving up, uh, me and my mate, uh, a couple of the lads. Macca's car has a, a sunroof. So I thought, we're doing about 120 down the highway. I thought, well, this is great. I'm going to have a little moment out the top of the car. Pop my head out, throw in a few of these, rock, you know, rock on. My sunnies fly straight off my head. And uh, so I've lost my sunnies before we've even gotten to the festival. And this is just, I knew I was going to lose them. But I thought I would at least make it to maybe 4 o'clock. So this is like 11, no, 10 a.m. I've lost my sunnies. Fuck. So we uh, we, head, we head up to the pub and uh, have a couple of schooners at this pub. I buy some sunglasses that can only be described as aggressively made for women. Uh, they're sort of big. they got like wings on them. It's all very banterous. And I lost them by about 2 o'clock as well. So I went through two pairs of sunnies in one day. My cornea has copped an absolute flogging from the sun. And uh, it was absolutely, uh, really quite devastating. 
But anyway, we get to this house. Now, all it, it's basically my mate's rugby league team and then me and Macro have tacked on because no one else wanted to come with us. And uh, these rugby league blokes have bought like basically a manor on this wine estate. Sickest place. Like, it was huge. Like There was an east wing. There was a west wing. Um, it was just insane. All the furniture was from like the 1800s. Absolutely wild, this place. So good. So good. And uh, so some some out of some bizarre characters in the mix. Um, but you know, some some also some absolute legends. I've met a lot of these blokes before, some absolute great men in the mix. And we've got a uh, we've we've got a good group and momentum's building, and you can just feel you can feel it in the air. And uh, so it was about a, it was about a 15-minute walk to this festival from this estate, and we're walking straight through these like vineyard, like Everyone like everyone's uh, got a beer in each hand, walking across these hills and through the vines. Oh, it was fucking awesome! Such a fun walk over. We smash into the festival, couple of drinks, mole rats on in like twenty minutes. I'm in heaven. I'm in absolute heaven. All right. Oh, it was great. Rained for like ten minutes. Didn't even care. Did not even care. I was actually getting recognised quite a bit at this festival as well, which was bizarre. But it was you know it's great for the ego, great for the ego, but. Sometimes I get a little embarrassed when I've had like 46 schooners and someone's like, hey, Billy. And I'm like, oh, God. You know? I'll walk around sober for a month, not get recognized once. As soon as I'm off my rocker, it's a freaking meet and greet out there. And I always just think like, oh, God. I don't want to give like a bad impression, but I'm like, you know, I'm like fucking drooling or whatever. But, you know, I just I want to, I just want them to be like, oh, that was cool. Nice to meet him. Like a legend. And like. Not like, Jesus Christ, that bloke That bloke needs to sort it out, you know? Not that I was doing any narcotics at this festival, but but still, the uh, I was on the potent combinations of red wine and vodka Red Bull. So, you know, I'm just saying, I've, I've probably had more eloquent moments in my life. Uh, but I met a few legends, and uh, so that was cool. Mallrat played, so obviously still in love with her pretty aggressively. Got the shirt on, and she played all the hits. Love it, love it, love it. Morat's at that sweet point in her career as a fan because she's only got like maybe 12 songs out. So you know she's going to play the bangers. When when you see someone who's got like five albums, it can be a bit of a lottery. And then they play the new album and it's like, you know how it is. But then uh, rolls around to about, um, I don't know, like flight facilities played. I think they were they were just before the headliner. And uh, I was I was ditched yet again. This is literally every music festival I've been to this year. I've been to about four and I've been ditched at every, yeah, I've been, maybe five, but I've been ditched at every single one at one point or another. Uh, my mate Maka, he is, um, he's Pelican of the Week for ditching me, first and foremost, but he, he, so he's ditched me. Then all the rugby league blokes have gone back to the house before the headliner even came on. Two door cinema club headlined. The rugby league blokes just went back to the house just to keep drinking. I don't know what was going through their head. I've lost Macca. His phone's dead. The rugby league blokes have ditched me. I'm on my own yet again at a festival. I can't believe it. Macca had freaking... His phone died. And I knew he had limited resources as is. Because at the bottle at the start of the day, his card got declined at a freaking liquor land trying to buy 30 bucks worth of, worth of vodka. And then when he went to transfer money from his savings, he had no data on his phone. So he couldn't do that. I've never seen so much poverty in one moment. You know, it was like, it was like, Jesus Christ, can't you just, just give him the vodka as an act of charity? You know, obviously they didn't do that. Who paid? I paid, obviously. 
but it was like it was just there was like six girls waiting behind us as well just being like what is this guy doing mac is going like holding it up trying to get more bars i was like mate let it go it's over it's over so i've lost maca i don't even really like two-door cinema club but i'm just there like Try not to look like a freaking undercover cop by myself in the mosh pit, you know? Bizarre. Bizarre from me. But uh, Two Door Cinema Club, I wasn't a fan before. Like, I just didn't really know much of their music, but they ripped. They ripped. Fair play to the lads. And uh, so that was great. After the festival, it's literally on this, like, winery, so there's just nothing around. Everyone gets on buses. i got to walk back to this freaking estate of, you know, 15 minutes across a farm in pitch black conditions. When I first left the festival, I was like, oh man, this is going to be great. Like I'm fucking pissed as walking along this festival, uh, this farm, just kind of like, oh, what a time to be alive. After about five minutes into the pitch black bush, it was not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. It was freaking terrifying, to be honest. Trying to get through these barbed wire fences by myself. You know, all the way over, it was all the lads, you know, two by two, the lads go marching, hurrah, hurrah, two by two, etc. <laughs> I don't know how that goes. But when you're by yourself in the dark, it's just one by one, call my mum, you know? <laughs> it was fucking scary out there. So it was uh, it was tough. I had my phone light going and I had the maps. And I was sort of using the stars as well. And uh, it was crazy. It was like literally like, you know, like when those, the three wise men went to find Jesus, I could see like a light in the distance that I knew was the house and everything else was just completely black. And I'm walking through this festival. Mac is still off the grid. I assumed he, I, don't, I didn't really know. I wasn't even really thinking about him at this point. It was a one man mission. Look after Billy D at all costs. And uh, I, I run into these, these people halfway. They're walking to a different estate and they were like, I was like, hey boys, great to see you. Fuck. Jesus Christ, I'm glad to see a fellow human being out here. And they were like, yeah, mate, geez, what are you doing out here by yourself? There was like five of them. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm lost. It's dark. And, and I, I go, I'm staying at this place. Can you sort of help me find it? And they were like, oh, mate, your place is like another paddock past our place. I was like, oh, right. And this guy, I was like, oh, well, mate, thank, thanks for the help. And he goes, oh, mate, you're not going there by yourself, are you? He goes, mate, he honestly made me more scared. Because he was like, mate, honestly, like, it, you're not going to make it. Like, just stay with us tonight. He was like, come back and have beers with us. You can, you can sleep on a couch and we'll drop you back in the morning. Like, he was like, he, he would rather that than, than send me off out there by myself again. You know, he was freaking out. And I wasn't freaking out as much before that. But then after his freak out, it made me freak out even more. You know? So then I was like, I was like, uh no, no, no. Like it's, it's only like 10.30 at the end of this festival. So I was like, nah, I'm going back to this place. I'll, I'll, I'll be all right. I know where I'm going now. I'll be all right. And uh, I eventually get back there. Uh, confirmed another rugby league boys uh, cared where I was or or how I'd got there. <laughs> uh, could have could have showed a bit more camaraderie, the old lads. Um, I, I came in the door, like all sweaty after like a 45 minute walk. I was like, I made it. And everyone was like, oh, Billy fuck, haven't you been here the whole time? And I was like, nah, I've actually almost just died out there. So appreciate the uh, the camaraderie there, boys. That's okay. And uh, they're like, well, where's Maka? I go, oh, lads, honestly, don't even worry about it. I, I've, I've been calling him a bit. His phone's clearly dead. I go, this is 
vintage Macca. He's going to rock up tomorrow. He, he's probably back at some some girl's place. He's he's met some people or whatever. He's gonna he'll have a cracking story. Don't even worry about it. And we all have just go back to drinking beers and having a great time on this farm. And uh, so that that's what I thought. I um. So I, I went to bed around probably like 3, three 4 a.m. Had an absolute time. Had so much fun. And uh, the whole time I'm just literally like, oh, can't wait to hear what Mac has been up to, that crazy cat. Uh, well, confirmed he got lost in the bush by himself with no phone and uh, and slept in a paddock. So <laughs> maybe I should have shown a bit more urgency to try and find the old fella. He was wandering around the Hunter Valley till like 4 a.m., Completely in the dark, no phone, nothing, freezing out there as well, I think, at night. Uh, and he ended up sleeping in a paddock by himself. And then he, like, when the, once the sun came up, he found a general store, charged his phone for a bit and still had, like, another hour and a half walk ahead of him. So he came He came back to the pad at 8 a.m. Just so I woke up, I was like, ah, oh, how good's this? Waking up at this beautiful estate. Macca... He's walking up the driveway. I go, oh mate, tell me what's happened to you, you bloody legend. And he was a he was a broken man, yeah. So, so he 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 did it real rough out there. And uh, I don't know what can you do. His phone died. Tried to get in contact with him, but was unable to. And uh, yeah, so he had a terrible time. He had a really bad time. He he went straight to sleep. But then this was the kicker as well. The next morning, I wake up, ditched again. If you can believe this, I wake up in this estate. It's me, Maka, and our mate Dorso who came up with us. The other 12 blokes have all fucked off already at like 7 a.m., you know? So now I'm in this like 10-bedroom manor by myself. It's very bizarre. It was very, uh, I didn't know what was going on. Confirmed whoever out of those rugby league boys drove home would have been aggressively over the limit. So a police blockade would have had that half of those blokes locked up. There's no doubt in my mind. But uh, but yeah, so then I was just alone in this house, having a coffee. Mac is almost dead. I it was the whole thing was very bizarre, very bizarre indeed. But it was a fun weekend nonetheless. And uh, we came back and uh, look, I don't want to speak out of school, but straight back out, straight back out for the lads. Uh, we had a mate's farewell. It was a surprise farewell as well. So you can't, you can't miss these farewells. I mean, you got to go. You got to go to a farewell because you feel slack if you don't. But also it's like, oh man, I see him all the time. Who cares? But no, nah, no, nah, you should go. You should go. I was just being a bitch because I was hungover. So we go down, we go down to the pub, see all the lads. We're having a great time. I'm drinking the white wine. I've got a taste for wine now. Look at me. One trip to the Hunter Valley. I'm drinking a Pinot Grigio. Oh. I can't be stopped. I can't be stopped. So we go down. Uh, we go down to this pub. I'm talking to my my mate. Uh, my mate Ben's married. He's talking to me and Macca about buying a house. Macca couldn't even afford his freaking half a bottle of Smirnoff the day before. So talk about potato potato. You know that we're we're all the same age, but you know life comes in different ways. You know this guy's found the love of his life, about to buy a home. Old McElroy over here. He's begging me not to order a vodka Red Bull because he can't afford his round on the way back. And uh, look, I was right there with Macca as well. My, my wallet had been absolutely depleted by this festival. And these old Ben's talking about a four better. I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, a bit of existential dread uh, caught up with me there. But you move on from that. And uh, we had an absolute uh, a ripping time. 
we hung out with this one girl. Me and Mako went to this next pub with these two girls we met. And uh, two absolute characters, these girls. One of them was American. And uh, I got around in for everyone. I thought, yep, get around in here. And I uh, got, she wanted like some, it was like pink gin with soda water or something. Retailed in at about twelve fifty. Hey, who cares, hey? Who ca- I don't care. I'm, I bring it, I'm only bringing it up because I care so little about how expensive it was. But uh, confirmed she uh, she sculled that and, and left immediately. So fair play to her. Those Americans are very shrewd, I'll say that. And uh, so she's basically done the old wily coyote disappear in a thin air, the roadrunner or whatever. And uh, so I hope she enjoyed the gin. Probably enjoyed it more than my company, judging by how quickly she left. But uh, so there we are with this other girl. And this girl's a character. We... <laughs> We go to this other pub with her that she works at. So we're like, how good is this? We're straight in. You know, we got a we got a, a woman on the inside, if you will. So she works at this pub. She goes up to the uh, to the bouncers. Like, we're all pretty hammered. And uh, the bouncers are like, Kate, we can't let you in. Like, how like look at look at you. You're like, you know, like you're all you you're all hammered, like we can't let you in. And, and she just starts abusing these bouncers at the pub she works at. Oh, <laughs> Never seen anything like it. It was unbelievable. And she's like, you, you dogs, I work here. Like, I should be coming in. I was like, I was standing back like, oh, like, this chick is wild and I love it. And, and, and uh, they were like, they were like, look, you came in last week. You abused all the bartenders where they didn't give you free drinks. Like, Kate, you can't come in and abuse everyone every weekend. And she's like, but I work here. And he's and the guy's like, yeah, that makes it worse. We're supposed to be friends. And she's like, this is fucking bullshit. And I'm like, I'm not with her. I'm not, I don't know. But also, she's my hero. So, <laughs> oh, man, it was it was absolutely just a wild display. And by this point, it's like 10.30 on the Sunday night. I've had this huge weekend. I just want to go home. This chick's kicking off at people she knows. So I, I can't imagine what she's going to yell at people she doesn't know. 10 meters down the street here. So I th- I'm thinking, let's pull the pin on this. And uh, so so that that was so funny. So she's abusing all her co-workers. I would assume she's lost her job since. Um, and uh, I think I, I said something to her. I was, like, I was like, okay, well, obviously your week's just freed up. And she goes, oh, what do you mean? I go, well, you're clearly unemployed. You've just abused all your co-workers. <laughs> That's, that's definitely, you, you've, you're definitely going to be copying a phone call tomorrow about that. She was like, nah, it happens all the time. Don't worry about it. I was like, oh God, you're still my hero. What can you do? And uh, so then we go to this this final pub and I'm like, I know for a fact this place is locked out. So I'm thinking, this girl's like, no, one more drink, one more drink. I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm done. And, uh, and we get there. And I go, oh, well, it's locked out. And I realize I know the bouncer. And he's like, Billy, don't worry about lockout. Come straight in. So then we had, well, uh, it, it was a nightmare. I was crawling out of that place an hour later. So, I don't know. Pretty big weekend. Pretty big weekend. Saw the love of my life more at. Then met my hero on the Sunday night. This The most aggressive woman I've ever seen. Loved it. Loved it all. Had a great time. Mac is still alive. Thank God. As poor as ever. He's out of data, he's out of money, but he's not out of character. And that's why we love him. So, Mako, Pelican of the Week, but also, you know, kind of inspir- like it's sort of a, you know, a never-say-die attitude, you know? Face down in a paddock, get straight back up, keep on keeping on, you know? Love that. Let me just fix this camera. So, um, fuck, quite yarn-heavy this week, but... 
you know, I got ditched yet again at a festival, so that's what happens, you know. You got stories to tell, someone's got to tell them. Um, what else do we have to talk about here? Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so what about this? The other day, this is pretty rogue. So the other day I did a... So I'm recording this on the Wednesday, but yesterday, Tuesday, I did a traffic uh, controlling course, right? And uh, this thing was a real blow to the ego. So I did this traffic controlling course. I thought, this is great because traffic controls make so much money. I'm like, this is just an absolute racket. And uh, I, go, I go to this place out in freaking like west, way out west and uh, so far west. Um, too far west to be honest. It takes me like two hours to get there. I don't want to speak out of school. Uh, Granville, bit of a shithole. Okay, Granville, how about you shape up? All right, not much hope in that town. I'll say that. So I go into this friggin' traffic course. It's me and three blokes. Two of them are probably that look like they're fresh out the slammer jam. You know, just criminals, real criminals, and uh, like. It's basically, I don't know if I accidentally went on like, I think I went on like the wrong school or something because all the traffic controllers I see out there are hot Irish birds, but I'm with, I'm with three blokes and they're, they're all just like scary Lebanese guys. So I don't know where all the Irish and Brazilian girls are going to get their traffic controlling certificate, but it's not, not this place. That's for sure. So there's this one guy next to me. He goes, uh, he's like, oh, how you going, mate? What, what are you, what are you doing here? I go, yeah. He goes, did your did your job pay for your uh, pay for your thing? I go, well, they actually did. This this uh, this Westfield I'm working at paid for it because they w- we needed to have someone with a ticket on. I don't know, some new law came in or something. So I go, yeah, they did. He goes, oh, my job agency paid for mine. I go, oh, that's pretty good. I didn't know they did that. And and he's like, well, to be fair, it is a disabled agency. And now something and to the naked eye, this bloke doesn't look disabled. So I'm thinking, mm, okay, it could be like maybe it's some sort of a mental thing. Maybe he's, uh, can't can't count too well or something. I don't know. Um, but I'm pretty like he, he physically, you know, he looks like he looks sprightly, like he could run away from a cop. And uh, and he's always said that he definitely has done that before. He goes, yeah, look, I'm not disabled, but um, you know, I just thought I got more of a chance if uh, employers think I'm disabled, you know, because they got a, they got to hire. I go, right, so you're not disabled, but you went to a disabled job agency. He goes, that's correct. I go, right. So this is my friggin' desk buddy for the day. This absolute lunatic. Uh, the course went way longer than it should have because literally every page, firstly, the, the lady instructor sits down. This this lady's rough. Like, this, she's not taking any bullshit at all, all right? It's her way or it's the fucking highway. And she, she's got the signage to show you as well. She's a traffic controller. So when she says, take the highway... She fucking means it, all right? So she sits down. She immediately goes, I've got no whiteboard and the TV uh, the TV monitor for the computer is broken, so I can't show you anything today. It's going to be all verbal. Awesome. Awesome. Didn't want to learn anything anyway. No stress there. And uh, this literally, like, <laughs> like this, this my criminal mate next to me, the, this non-disabled, this able-bodied disabled guy, he was slowing us down all day. Like literally like page one, she's like, right, welcome to traffic school. And this guy's like, I'm on page 74. It says something about trucks moving into emerging lane. And it's like, we're on page one, dude. We just start. It's like, 
It's like you, you, you said you're not disabled, but you just picked up 73 pages instead of one. You know what I mean? I reckon this disabled agency, I reckon they know more about you than you do, brother. You know what I mean? So this guy's slowing us down all day, like, just with like, I don't, look, I'm only ripping on him so hard because he told me with his face that he's not disabled. All right. So, but like, like she'd literally be like, you know, put, if, if you've got three lanes of traffic doing this, put out a witch's hat. And he's like, the guy's like, what's a witch's hat? And it's like, if you don't even know what a freaking witch's hat is, the, the traffic cone, like, that's the real bread and butter. You know what I mean? Like, if we have to explain what a cone is, you might be too far gone already, to be honest. Maybe this disabled agency is the place for you. But it was very, it was very bizarre. At the lunch break, she goes, nobody go to the pub. And uh, one of the guys pipes up, he goes, oh, I won't be going to the pub. I lost 500 bucks on the pokies on the weekend. And she and and then the instructor lady goes, "Yeah, I battled pokey addiction for fifteen years. I can't set foot in a pub anymore. I just drink at home." And then everyone starts talking, like the the five of us start talking about the pokies. I don't really get around the pokies, but it just became like this weird intervention for ten minutes before lunch. And it was like before we left, everyone was like, "All right, nobody go to the pub and and feed fucking two hundred bucks into a into Queen of the Nile. You know, we can do it together." <laughs> I was like, what the freaking hell is going on here? So the whole the whole thing was bizarre. And like this is, firstly, straight off the bat as well, the lady goes, right, the first 10 pages of the book, you would have all covered when you when you got your white cards, which you need to do this course. Does everyone have a white card? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a white I don't have a white card. No one told me I had to get one. So like she discovered she's she skipped over 10 pages of important information based on this thing that I don't have. So I'm already in the dark. I'm like, oh God. And I'm like, I can't even qualify as a, the whole thing was weird. I thought it was like a one-stop shop. Here's your, your traffic controller thing. Go sit out on the freaking roundabout with, uh, with Siobhan from Dublin and talk about how she's going to go up to Byron in a van once she has enough money. You know, let's get a fucking schooner after lunch. I'm in love with you. That's what I thought was going to happen. But it's actually like, you got to do this course and then like two more. And then you got to do like 60 hours of traffic controlling. After 20 minutes, I was like, I'm never going to be a traffic controller. It's just not. She goes, yeah, some days you work 12 hours, no breaks. And I go, well, that's illegal. Well, call the unions. Well, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm fam I'm famously not a hard worker. And yes, yeah, so I will never be a traffic controller, but I still have to do the course. And uh, man, this has happened to me a few times in life. I went and did psychology at uni and like literally 10 minutes into the first lecture, I go, well, this isn't for me. Well, don't worry about it, but you've already signed up to the fucking, the course. So I did two semesters of that. <laughs> Jesus. You know, I worked a day at a butcher's once. Well, <laughs> not for me. Not for me. What else did I do? I worked, um, I did work one day on a building site with my uncle. Well... <laughs> That's not for me. I famously, um, I was holding up sheets of gyp rock on this building site and uh, my uncle goes, all clear down your own Billy? I go, yep. I didn't realize I've, I've got some bloke's thumb jammed in the other side of the gyp rock sheet. My uncle starts fucking nail gunning this shit in. Freaking break this bloke's thumb, don't I? So 
Well, that, that's not for me. What else have I done? Freaking telemarketing? Well, that's not for me. Uh, I actually did a summer. I was selling wine over the phone when I was 18. And I'd never drunk wine before and I actually aggressively hated it. Like even when they were like, all right, free wine in the break room. Let's get drunk. I was like, disgusting. I remember one time this guy was like, on the phone. I think I've told this story, but he was like, yeah, I'll take two cases of uh, of Shiraz. Are they wooded or unwooded? And I go, I go, what do you mean? Like the texture? Very woody. And he's like, no, but are they wooded or unwooded? And this went on for about 10 minutes. It was a $200 transaction, I think. And I was making like, like you're making pretty sick commission on these cases of wine. And I just hung up on him. I was like, dude, do you want the fucking wine or not? You know, wooded, unwooded. I'm about to wood you. You know what I mean? So I've worked a lot of jobs and traffic controlling will not be one of them, unfortunately. I don't have what it takes and uh, it seems like a terrible industry. The lady was grizzled, you know, she she had 16 years in the traffic controlling industry behind her and she was uh, she was an aggressive woman, you could see in her eyes. And uh, anytime she diverted from the textbook, like even just slightly, it was always something horrific. Like she said... She said, uh, so you, you're going to want to take spare batteries out for your radio um, because you'll probably, you know, the radios, the batteries don't last forever. She goes, though, once you take the old batteries out, make sure if you're going to peg them, if you're going to peg them on the, on the ground or throw them in the bush, no friggin' tree-hugging greeny scum are photoing you, you know, taking a photo because they care about the environment or some bullshit. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this chick's freaking out there just pegging double A's at possums. And then blaming people for having to go at it. So she hated the environment. She made some pretty off-color comments about uh, about immigrants who are working as traffic controllers. Although to be fair, if they're not if if they're not speaking heaps of English, and you got a you're bringing a few semi trailers through, I mean communication is key. But uh, some of the some of the stuff that she said along with it probably unnecessary. And uh, <laughs> what well, she said the best thing she said was. She said people will like abuse the shit out of you when you're when you you're holding up the traffic. But she said, I mean, I mean, you know, people are gonna abuse you. When I she said, when I get stuck in traffic and there's someone there's someone there with a stop sign, I abuse the fuck out of them too. You know, I hate getting held up. It's frustrating. I got places to be. Why should I wait for you? I abuse them, so I get it. I, I abuse all the traffic controllers. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, talk about friendly fire. You know, like this chick, the calls are coming from inside the house. We got one of our own. One of the greatest to ever do it, you know? 16 years in the traffic controlling biz and even she's still spitting on them. So, it's a tough industry, traffic controlling. I do not recommend it. Um, I, I will not be participating. Um, and yeah, it was very... The whole day was bizarre. Such a motley crew, the other four blokes in there. And uh, yeah, it's just... It was no good. It was no. It was not a good day. I didn't enjoy it, and uh, I do not recommend anyone gets into traffic controlling. So yeah, that was that. That was that. But got a few cheerier things to talk about. Um, oh yeah, this. Oh, first I did this gig last night. Actually, Eric Andre came down. Very cool. Huge, uh, huge American comedian. He's in town. He's got like four shows at the Enmore Theater or something. So his opener was on this show I was hosting in Surrey Hills. So I met him and uh, he was cool. Eric Andre came down. I, I was opening the second half. I was all nervous. I was like, fuck, I hope 
Uh, I hope I like do really well in front of Eric Andre. You know, maybe a, you know, next thing I know, I'm on Jimmy Fallon. I don't know how it works. I don't. But confirmed, he left before I went back on stage. So, thanking you, Eric Andre. Thanking you. Um, but I will say this. I will say this. All right. Oh yeah. So this guy. So I've been working, working, working at this uh, this Westfield still, paying the bills, paying the bills, and uh, Black Friday on Friday. I didn't know this was a thing, Black Friday, which really speaks to how much uh, uh, how much passion I've got in the retail industry. I thought it was just America that did Black Friday. Let me tell you, it was absolute fucking chaos down at Westfield on Friday. People were trampling each other, not trampling, but like the car parks were wild. Everyone's screaming at each other, beeping away. Um, and it's like, I'm walking around, the sales are all like 20% off, you know? It's like you save freaking 30 bucks on a TV. I don't know. It was bizarre. I didn't like the energy in the air. It was just, people were losing it, you know? And it's like, it was a mix of, uh, of like mums who were like just really aggressively wanting to get a sale. And then like older blokes who had no idea the sales were on but came down to pick up some underwear and a cup of coffee. And they were just like, <laughs> they were just like, what the fuck? Why, why is everyone here? This is crazy. <laughs> you know, like it's like a 20 minute traffic jam to get out. And this guy's there with his freaking, his big W underwear pack. He's like, he's like, I just came down for a freaking, a four pack of Rio's. But ah, it's just bullshit. Let me out. <laughs> I want to go home and have a beer. I was like, man, I, I, what can I tell you, brother? Cotton on. They're losing it over there. So it was, it was absolutely manic, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like what, like, like, isn't wanting things a bit, don't you grow out of that? Like guys are down there, like lining up for like freaking, like grown men are, are at JB Hi-Fi buying like new speakers and PS4 games and, and like freaking, I don't know, just clothes on clothes on clothes. It's like, I don't know. I'd rather not have the stress of the day and not have the thing then then have to deal with either of it you know i'd rather just save up an extra 50 bucks for converse and have my feet up at home with a schooner doing fucking nothing than then have to drive into this car park and have freaking mary jane yell at me because they didn't have a daughter's size of sports bra like it was too much for me the whole day i was just like ugh, yuck you know this one guy people complain and it's like dude I'm trying to care. I'm just trying so hard to care. But like, ugh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know? It's like, people come down like December 23 to do their Christmas shopping and they're like, this is reprehensible. Why is it so busy? And I'm like, you're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot, mate. You know what I mean? It's December 23. What do you expect? Also, you got your freaking, you got your, your nephew a PS2. We're up to the PS5 now, you idiot. Are we up to the PS5? I don't know if we are. Dude, I haven't played a video game since 1997. Now, nah, probably about 2010. I don't know. I used to have a PS3. I think I just my mum just chucked it out. That's the thing. Once you once you move out, your mum just freaking she's backing up the skip bin, you know. Hey, it, it, for some reason, like mums care about very specific things, but not other things like like under seven soccer participation trophy. It's like we could never lose this. You know, this is just, this is just such a beautiful memento of of Billy's childhood. But it's like, 
It's like my favorite t-shirt I left there. It's like, just shred it. Just fucking shred the whole thing, you know? Very bizarre. Here's this, here's this medal for for the the year four tennis tournament. You know, I never even played tennis, but like they were just giving out medals to everyone in the year just to make you feel included. Mum's like, ah, oh, put it on the mantle. Polish it every day. It's a it's a beautiful relic. But dude, I came back from uh, a visit Macca at Arizona State University. Had an Arizona State t-shirt. A beautiful little souvenir of my fun trip there. And it was a wild trip to Arizona. My sister painted her room and wore it as like a painting shirt. Like she has heaps of terrible shirts. I got this great Arizona shirt from Arizona State. It's just covered in paint. And she was like, oh, who cares? I care, you know, I care. But anyway, don't want to carry on too much. Don't want to carry on. That got a bit venty, but that's okay. Love the fam, bam. Love the fam. Got a, got a wedding this weekend. Where am I? I'm back in the Hunter Valley. So buckle up for some great wedding yarns next week. Love a wedding. I've never been to the Hunter Valley. I'm going twice in two weekends. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm just going to just get me amongst the vines, you know. I'm a vine guy. I'm not talking about the popular app either. I'm talking about those beautiful grapes. So it should be good. It should be good. Now, I've kind of... This was a bit yarn heavy. I'm kind of... I don't know if i got anything else to talk about. I'll talk briefly about the cricket at the end. I've got one more thing to talk about. This guy, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this. I'll say get around them. This can be a get around them segment, a little positive note to end on. And then I'll rant about the cricket for like two minutes, but the game sucked. Um, so get around them. I watched best doc I've ever watched the other day, the Oasis documentary. Dude, this thing was so fucking good. Oasis. I was like, you know, Oasis, I didn't I didn't really know what they were about. I was like, oh yeah, Wonderwall, we get it. You know? We've all heard it at freaking Shark Bar at 2 a.m. on a Thursday. We get it, we get it. Oh, it's great, it's great. Man, Oasis are the fucking sickest band ever. I had no idea. This doco follows their first three years as a band. And they go from being completely, they don't even have a record deal. Three years later, they're playing in front of 250,000 people. And they did that two nights in a row. So they did 500,000 people and it was just them. It wasn't like some crazy Coachella style, style setup. It was just them, 250,000 people, the biggest band in the world at the time in three years, fucking wild. And like, they were just druggos the whole time, just piss heads, lads, love the, love football, love, love just getting amongst it, love chasing birds. Oh, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. This doco. The two Gallagher brothers are like hating each other the whole time, but it's working, you know. Oh my God, it was fucking awesome. You've got to watch this doco. Oasis are just the sickest, you know, like, like uh, what there was this one, there's one story where like they all thought they were doing coke one night. Three days later, no one in the band or the crew, they're on this tour of America. Three days later after they've been doing all this coke, no one slept yet. They realized it was crystal meth, but they're all, they're all strung out from the meth. They go and do this huge show in LA, a big showcase. And uh, and the, the they're all fucked up from the meth. They're all strung out. The crew are all strung out as well. The guy the guy hands out different set lists to each, each member of the band. So Oasis are all up there playing in LA. They're all fucking methed out of their head. And each band member is playing a different song at the same time. So they're just like, it's absolute chaos. They're all yelling at each other. 
Liam pegs a tambourine at Noel. They, they have a fight on stage. Fucking crazy. Noel friggin' went missing for two weeks after that. Oh, dude, just proper lunatics, these guys, you know? Like, they went to... I don't want to ruin, ruin the doco. Like, it only follows their first three years. And it's just, it's just great. Some of the interviews, these blokes were arrogant as fuck, and I loved it. Loved it. So cool. And uh, like every interview, they got like a schooner in each hand, and they're just like, yeah, we're the best band of all time. Suck our dick. Like, you know, but like they're young, so you forgive it. You know, like Liam's like 22, I think. So you're just like, oh, dude, this guy, who gives a shit? He doesn't. You know, it's awesome. The music's so good from their first two albums. Unbelievable. And uh, it's great. Like, they go to the Brit Awards, and uh, freaking. They accept a Brit Award. Liam's on stage sticking it up his ass while Noel gets on the mic and goes to Michael Hutchins, has been, shouldn't be presenting awards to Gunnabees. Everyone get fucked. And they all like, they had to take, get security to take Oasis off stage because they wouldn't leave the stage. Then afterwards in an interview, uh, Noel's like, they're like, what, are, what do the awards mean to you? You know, it's Oasis's first awards. And Noel's like, unless it's voted for by the fans, who gives a shit? No corporate pig is going to tell me what to do. You're all scum, you fucking record labels and the media. You can all fucking beat it with the greatest band of all time. And he walks off and I'm just like, I'm frothing the whole thing. I love it. That's why it's so much cooler to be in a band than it is to be a comedian. Because you can get away with that sort of stuff. I guarantee you, if I say, get on the project and I'm like, fuck you, Wally Dully. I'm the greatest. Everyone's going to be like, what a piece of shit. You know? But if, if you're a band guy with like the Sunnies and you're all, you're all fucked up, it's like, oh man, he's an artist. He's an artist. Comedians have a bit of that. You know, a lot of comedians are alcoholics and, and druggos, and I do aspire to be that a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, man, what a cool band. And it's it's before, like, you know, you know when bands are cool, but they're, like, 35? Like, it's when they're all, like, 22, and they're just in it, you know? You've got to watch this doco. It's so cool. So cool. And uh, there's this one, like, their first overseas tour, they get the ferry to Amsterdam. And, uh, or like this big cruise ship takes them to Amsterdam. It's in the nineties and, uh, they're all diehard Man City fans and, uh, they never made it to the shows because they ran in, they got pissed on this cruise ship and ran into all these West Ham fans and just got in an all in brawl and were just fighting these blokes the whole way there. It's fucking crazy. They all got locked up. They couldn't do the shows. Oh, lunatics, these blokes, but the music is so good. And they just got the fucking, the arrogance. Oh, you've got to watch this documentary. It's called Oasis Supersonic. Love it. Absolutely love it. Highly recommend. And like I said, I wasn't even an Oasis fan before I saw it. But my mate loves them. And uh, he, he showed it to me. So you've got to watch this doco. But anyway, um, I'll just talk about the cricket briefly. A little cricket rap for, uh, for the, blokes, uh, the blokes and the, the ladies who love it as well. I'd honestly rather talk about the uh, women's big bash than this last test match because it wasn't a good game. Um, firstly, Marnus Labashain, I'll pay tribute. Unfortunately, Pakistan just sucks so bad. They kind of ruined the series, really, with how bad they were. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. It wasn't really a contest. Dave Warner got 335 not out, and I'm on the record. I don't like him. I don't like him as a bloke. I think when you look into his eyes, it just seems like if he wasn't playing cricket, he'd be committing crimes. You know what I mean? He just got that that lock your bike up around me vibe. And I, I don't like it. Um, also, the bloke goes missing. as You know, when the going gets tough, old Davey Warner's nicking off every time. But against 
freaking Pakistan, Adelaide Oval, day one, and an absolute belter. It's like, all right, yeah, good on you, Davey. Good on you, buddy. I'm all out of high fives right now. You know, it's like, oh, my God, almost anyone could get a century out there, even freaking... Oh, wait, no, anyone did. Yassir Shah got 100. That guy... Like, so it's like, who cares? Who gives a shit about this game if Yassir Shah is peeling off 100 against Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, and Lyon? Like, that's how flat it was. And that's how meaningless the game was. So it was just such a boring game. I didn't even watch Pakistan's second innings. Like, I was just like, this sucks. I turned it on for 10 minutes. It was like watching a freaking a center wicket training session. No intensity at all. So boring. Uh, we won by an innings and whatever. It's like the whole of the Australian public tuned out. No contest. Nathan Lyon took five in the second inning, so good on him. You know, always tallying it up. Love Nathan Lyon. Um, but I'm looking forward to the New Zealand series. I hope the Kiwis really bring it. I hope this Wagner and I hope Bolt plays. I know he's injured. But I hope I hope they fucking really bring it to David Warner because watching him peel off runs against these freaking... These poor Pakistani children who don't know even know what fucking country they're in. And there's Davey Warner just screaming in their face, 200, yeah. It's like, are you mate, no wonder this kid's bowling short. He's wondering who to take to his year 10 formal next week. All right? Like, fucking hell. So, I don't know. It wasn't very good to watch. And uh, fair play, Dave Warner. You know, he went past Bradman. Congrats. Whatever. Really don't like him. But, uh, look, you know. Let the summer roll on. Bit of a boring start, really. Pakistan in two test matches with a, a total of 17 people going to watch live, it looked like. No one really going to the game. Look, uh, you know, love test cricket, but quite boring stuff. I'm hoping the New Zealand series is going to be a lot better. I think it will. And uh, I wouldn't even mind seeing New Zealand go 1-0 up, really put us in our place a bit, you know. Also, I think they should drop Travis Head for Usman Khawaja. I'm sorry, but if we're four for if we're four for fifty, who do you really want walking out? You want Travis Head coming out to play freaking front foot cut shots to balls hooping around, or do you want the Waj man? Do you want Uzi striding out with his kookaburra, getting it done? That's who I want. So that'd be my only uh, my only change. I want Usman Khawaja at six. The selectors don't like him. I don't think it'll happen, and he hasn't got many shield runs. But I love Usman Khawaja. So. That's really the only thing. Thank God Pakistan are leaving. Just just really boring to watch. And uh, and yeah, just a terrible contest or lack thereof. Uh, I guess, you know, that's the problem with really world cricket is like every second series, you've got either West Indies, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, New Zealand, not so much anymore. I think they're really going to give us a red hot go. But, you know, Bangladesh don't really come out. But you, you know, you got West Indies, Sri Lanka, and Pakistan. When they play away from home, they are beyond awful. And it does kind of take the sting out of the summer when you got to watch them. But then, yeah, so I think it'd be better if they, if they could get better, it would be better for world cricket. Because it's really a four, you know, England, India, South Africa. When they come out, that's when everyone gets fired up. So, good wins to Pakistan. Whatever, 2-0 win. We won both games by an innings or whatever. Look, whatever. You know, as long as Marlis is having fun, I'm having fun. But really looking forward to the New Zealand Test Series. Thank, thank God that Pakistan shit is over. And uh, thank God this pod is over as well. 56 minutes. Might be the longest one I've ever done. Yeah, well, 50, 56 minutes, you know. 
I might pad this out to an hour. Raise the bat for an hour. No, I'm not going to. But uh, thanks for listening. Um, I've got this tour announcement. I'm just waiting on some freaking graphics to come in. But I'm announcing next year's tour. I'm coming to all the capital cities. Um, I've got a brand new show. So if you saw this year's show, come again because it's going to be all new shit. And uh, that'll be starting in February. And uh, yeah, and I'm coming to Melbourne finally as well. So that's all very exciting, but I'll be announcing that hopefully in the next couple of days. Get around it and uh, tell your fucking friends. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Because these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's stronger than me, don't you? Way too long, way too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.